Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Kei te whakaronga mai, kwe ki tō tātou au horihori, ki te reo erirangi o Aotearoa. This is Our Changing World on RNZ National. And now, we're off to visit the dentist. The dentist in question is Warwick Duncan, and when he's not checking people's teeth, he teaches dentistry, including forensic dentistry. He's also part of a University of Otago team that last year got a million-dollar Endeavour grant from the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment to develop bone grafting material with antibacterial qualities. I went to meet him to find out more about bone grafts. Certainly over the last decade... The way that we treat people who are losing teeth often involves uh, putting a bone graft of some kind into the hole the tooth came out of, this tooth socket, and that's to stop them from losing that bone. It will tend to melt away very quickly. Sometimes they've already lost a lot of bone because of disease around the teeth, and we try and reconstruct that. And much of that is with a view towards having enough bone to screw a titanium implant in Uh, so that instead of wearing a plate or having a gap, they can have a replacement tooth that looks and functions like a tooth. It's become popular, I suspect, equally because of functional reasons as well as aesthetics. People want to look right, Um, they don't want to have a gap, um, but they also want it to work properly. So the bone grafting that we do in New Zealand uh, and overseas is mostly uses a xenograft, which means a graft of animal origin, and ironically the most popular uh, material uh, is bone from beef, a byproduct of the meat industry, and it usually comes from Australia or New Zealand because we don't have problems with mad cow disease, which we then export to Switzerland and they turn into fancy bone graft and sell back to us at a high cost. And so clearly you look at that and say, well, why don't we cut out the Switzerland bit and make it ourselves here? And that's, that's where I arrived at. Fortunately for me, um, our collaborators in the research um, is a, a local firm, uh, Maltino Ophthalmic, and uh, founded by uh, a, uh, an ophthalmic surgeon, uh, Professor Tony Maltino, a number of years ago. And he produces uh, eyeballs out of beef bone for those who've lost their eyes and does a superb job. They saw also the potential to expand using their basic processes into the dental market. So we're working with them. And the other partner in this is Dr Carla Malandandri from the chemistry department. She has pioneered some work that showed that uh, nanosilver, as we call it, has some antibacterial properties. So we're looking to produce our own bone graft from our own beef bone, which would otherwise not be used, but at the same time to make it Uh, proof against infections in the mouth um, with a view towards reducing the overuse of antibiotics. So that's the whole project kind of in a nutshell. So at the moment there is a risk of infection when you do these bone grafts? Yes there is and it's unpredictable. So I've had the experience of 
using antibiotics and knowing I probably didn't need them. And I've also had the experience of uh, with very healthy individuals where I've taken a tooth out and thought this will be fine, and they've come back with a terrible infection. And then quite often they lose a lot of bone because of that, which is very counterproductive. So it's quite hard to tell what bacterial species you've got floating around in your mouth. You've got about 800-odd different species, and some of them are quite nasty. Uh, so silver nanoparticles, they're just naturally antibiotic. Is that the yeah. deal? Silver has uh, some antibiotic uh, or antibacterial properties. It has been used in the past in dentistry. Um, on a molecular scale, it causes um, quite black staining. So it was very effective, but you ended up with nice black teeth. That's been solved? Well, by going down to the nanoscale, if you go super tiny, um, you seem to avoid the problem. So, yes, we think we've solved it, um, but I can't tell you more because we're hoping, obviously, to make a huge amount of money and retire early on it. Well, in talking in general principles, though, what you're trying to do is combine your beef bone, the, the xenotransplant, mm. with these silver nanoparticles so that the transplant is inherently self-protective in a way. That's correct. Yeah, there's quite a lot of work to go into that. Metals um, also have an effect upon the healing process, so bacterial cells don't like them, but your cells might not like it much either. So we have a lot of testing to do in the laboratory, um, looking at how cells respond. There will be some animal testing, and uh, in New Zealand we primarily use sheep for that. We have a tooth extraction model for testing, and um, all of those are necessary steps before it even gets near a person. So I think the pathway is maybe five to ten years uh, before this sort of thing would appear on the market. But uh, you've got to start somewhere. And a wise colleague once told me that the best way to climb Mount Everest is one step at a time, so we've started. Are there applications for this too beyond teeth and jawbones? Yes. We've talked about orthopaedic applications, so similar sort of processes are used by orthopaedic surgeons to pack in around hip joints and the like. Um, so there's a potential there. On the nano-silver side, we have a number of other uh, potential applications that we've looked at, uh, and some of those are in, in terms of wound treatment, um, both inside the mouth and for wounds outside the mouth. So we... On a good day, when everything's going well, we stand back and say, well, this could really go somewhere. We could end up with a number of quite exciting products with various outcomes. Uh, but uh, um, uh, there's many steps before we get to that. When you do a bone transplant using beef bone, is, is that just sitting inside the hole that's there, or does your own bone mm. start to mesh with it? Are you basically pre providing a yeah, scaffold? A real good question, and that's exactly right. So the material itself... We want that eventually to disappear. So it's a, it's, a, um, it's a scaffold that your own bone recognises as being bone-like uh, and happily will grow into. And the trick is, is the processing of it. So I have a, a colleague who's in our team who's a, um, a biomaterial scientist who's a dental technician. Um, so he's gone from making dentures to some very clever biomaterial science. And he, he makes and breaks stuff. And he's quite crucial uh, in that they're looking at the properties, the handling properties of this material. If we take the bone, we cook it for a bit longer in the oven, it lasts a bit longer in the body or a bit shorter, or it behaves in different ways. Um, so getting it so that it actually stays here for enough time to form bone and then disappears, that's, that's the trick. Beef is obviously really good. Are there other things you could use instead? Yes. 
Overseas, there are um, other products available. Um, some of them have um, uh, come from uh, pig, um, from horse. Occasionally, I will get patients who, for religious or ethical reasons, prefer not to have anything of animal origin. And you can make grafting material, and there's some on the markets, that are made just purely from the chemicals that make up bone. Uh, they don't perform quite as well. Um, so it's partly about the chemicals, but it's also about the shape, and that's quite hard to mimic. Um, but we have some other projects in mind. Uh, there are um, other sources of material that are quite unique in New Zealand, but we can't talk about them at the moment. Ah, commercial sensitivity. Mm. If you weren't using something like beef bone, what would your option be? Could you use your own bone or like the person's own bone instead? Certainly taking something off the shelf is the easiest approach. It's expensive uh, to buy a, a small jar of the stuff, three to $400, so that adds to the cost. But then failure to do that can mean you lose a lot of bone. And usually when we try and fix that problem, we have to take a big chunk of you from somewhere else on your body, somewhere on your jaw or possibly off your hip, and bolt it on. And uh, I can see you wincing now, and yes, it is painful, and yes, it's very expensive. So it's one of those things where um, a small amount of prevention is actually worth a lot of cure. There must be exciting working at this interface of being a practising dentist, doing research and then trying to commercialise something that can actually in future be used. It's quite challenging. Uh, Writing the grant application for this is quite different to any other grant application. Generally the focus is upon the science and I know many of my colleagues find this it's a bit of a head-scratcher about how do you talk about the science but also talk about the commercial side. I run a practice, so I've been fortunate to have to have a little bit of a business head, um, otherwise my, my practice um, would fall over. Um, so I think that, that helps a little. I personally feel that the, 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 the ministry's um, drive to link science to um, products that, are, you know, that can be sold, that are useful for New Zealand, it makes perfectly good sense to me. It's, 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 it seems the right thing to do. But you do need to learn the language uh, and understand um, uh, the commercial part to it uh, in order to succeed. That was Warwick Duncan, a forensic dentist in the Department of Oral Sciences at the University of Otago. Thanks for listening to this Our Changing World podcast. You can stay in touch with us on Twitter at RNZ Science. Matewa. 